here's Lamar on a run. Welcome on in, everyone, for week 15 of Crushing the Competition with JWB Fantasy Football. I am one of your two co-hosts, Justin, along with Tony. Tony, how you doing? How many playoff matchups are you getting ready for this week? I'm good. Um, playoffs matchups, I think I got one, two, three, I think about eight or nine. All right. What uh, percentage? Uh, out of 22 teams, so it's not great. But I did 11 dynasty startups this year, and I've never done dynasty. Yeah, so throw those out the window. I'm in contention with like three of those, so I'm not. I'm not upset. So we'll see. I just I'm curious to see how it'll go. Yeah, I'm right on par. I think I have seven total playoff matchups that I'm getting ready for this week. Uh, two week semifinal matchup where I'm already down by 40 points, so we can just write that one off into the future and see what happens but we've got quite a few things to get to first and foremost for everyone heavy attention has to be paid to the schedule this week eh thursday game coming up between kansas city and the los angeles chargers a couple of games on saturday the raiders are going to take on whatever replacement level scrubs the browns can find uh who's the other saturday game that i'm forgetting oh new england and indy another big game that's gonna oh, be up at that time yeah. too so a couple of them a couple of them that we're gonna have to look out for on saturday plus your traditional one o'clock four o'clock eight o'clock sunday slate and your monday matchup so we're all over the place i think first thing we want to do is kind of do a quick roundup on some of these injuries that might be most meaningful for people I think DeAndre Hopkins now out for the year, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was like – I don't know if it's confirmed he's out for the year, but it's like I don't think he'll play. Yeah, I've seen the same thing as too. So I think we're kind of writing him off to the point that if you yeah. want to drop him off your roster for a potential replacement, a handcuff of some kind, feel free to do so. Uh, maybe quick hitter for you. Let's say you have DeAndre Hopkins, you drop him, and you're going to pick up – a very widely available running back handcuff that you think might be useful the last couple weeks of the season. Anybody in particular you like going after? Uh, Darnus Johnson would be my target. I actually yeah. am getting him in my home league because I have Chubb. Because, like, if Chubb all of a sudden tests positive, Darnus is going to be the only running back yet again. Yeah, that's really interesting. For some reason, that's not one of the ones that had come to mind for me, but might be better than all the other potential options that you could have. Uh, I know I've made a move to acquire Pirine in a few leagues for much the same reason, right? Like, I'm just trying to ask myself at this point, who plays on a team where they've got that one guy and that one guy happens to get COVID yeah. and then they'll step in. Um, I'll throw Khalil Herbert in the mix too. Ooh. Montgomery could get injured or get hurt, could yeah. get COVID. As we've seen, like, Herbert steps in and plays effectively, so... I would, man. Like, if you're in that position, you have DeAndre. Don't let him just be a coaster or an anchor on your roster. Go grab a Dearness Johnson. And if it turns out that Chubb can't play week 16, maybe you found yourself a bomb that was just sitting there waiting to go off. Uh, quarterback side, Josh Allen had a very interesting game on the road in yeah. Tampa. He 
was certainly limping around at the end of the game in a walking boot, but seems to be fine and ready to go. No concerns about him playing this week. Yeah, I saw that someone tweeted they saw a picture of Josh Allen out in public and he didn't even have a boot on. So I think it's pointing towards him being all right. Nice. Uh, this one I missed, so I'm going to throw it to you here. But James Conner picked up an ankle injury on Monday. I must have missed that one. It must have been it was... the game where I had kind of gone out already. What yeah. is that? So you can get this? this? video keeps going off. Okay. We're going to get rid of that. Um, yeah, I, apparently I missed it too. But I went and traded for him. And then someone said, hey, you know he got hurt on the last play of the game, right? I was like, oh, that's brutal. No, so I, I I messaged the guy and I was like, hey, can I get like a contingency on this trade? Because it was a first rounder. Like, it's one of the contending teams. I had an extra yeah. first rounder, so I wanted to try and get a guy that could get me to that championship. Right? Then they tell me that and I'm like, oh no! Like, what if it's a serious knee or serious ankle injury? So I, the guy did say like, it's fine. We can do it contingent on that. So hopefully he's fine because I would like to uh, have him. But good luck to you. I'd like to have him available for yeah. me as well in the co-manager league for me and Herms' team is where we have James Conner. Um, not this week because we're on a bye. So I guess hopefully he's healthy by next week. We'll see how that goes. Humble right. brag, toss it in. Right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe worth mentioning for everybody else too. Then keep an eye on Chase Edmonds. There was rumors that he might be about ready to come back next week. I don't know where he stands right now as of Wednesday night, but if Chase Edmonds happens to play and James Conner doesn't, very viable option there as well. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of guys coming back from injury, Tony Pollard is looking like he's going to be good to go against the Giants. I find that to be a favorable matchup. I've been making the contention recently that I'm no longer thinking of Pollard as a handcuff option, and instead I'm thinking of him as a – all the time option, like a Kareem Hunt type where he's got week to week standalone value. Do you feel comfortable at this point just playing him each week if you need to? He, for me, he, as long as he's cleared and active, set and forget flex play for me. Yeah. Like I've kind of started to feel that way too. Absolutely trust him in your flex spot. All right. Let's uh, not move on without going over the Browns, unfortunately, in a little bit more detail. The team itself has COVID. I believe we're going to see Case Keenum throwing balls to Donovan Peoples-Jones with no head coach against the Raiders on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Anybody else that we're forgetting there? Baker, Landry, pieces of the offensive line, Stefanski, all All certainly have Right, No tight ends, that's right. There's no Hooper, there's no Bryant, there's no Njoku. Um, Njoku was on the COVID list last week. And... I guess that would, in theory, give us a chance that maybe he tests negative and is available for Sunday. So I, I'll be honest, I would keep an eye on that one. If for yeah. some, if by some reason Njoku can get the negative test necessary to play on Sunday and there's no Landry, there's no Baker, and there's no offensive line, it would kind of suggest that he's going to be a outlet for Keenum to get the mm-hmm. ball to. He could be a very good sneaky play for people who are streaming tight ends in and out. Um, outside of the mess that is the Browns, more tight end news, Hawkinson, not practicing after not playing last week. Swift still not practicing. We are kind of expecting at this point that Swift should play on Sunday. Uh, But I do want to make sure that I point out to everybody that we have kind of felt this way about Swift last week, that I think we're all more kind of on a hope and a prayer that Swift plays as opposed to real factual evidence that he does. So make sure you continue to monitor his situation and have a backup that you are ready to use if need be, that's a one o'clock game where Arizona will be in Detroit to play the Lions. So you should have some options to pivot to if it turns out that Swift or Hawkinson is not able to go there on Sunday afternoon. 
a tougher call to make than a Sunday one o'clock is Thursday night injuries. Austin Eckler looking questionable for the game tomorrow. What do you know about that? Uh, I know you practiced today, but after practice was when he was labeled questionable. So I didn't see the amount he practiced, if it was limited, full, or if he was just doing work on the side of the field. So I can't really speak yeah. on that. But I saw he was practicing, and that's all I got. So Worth keeping an eye on, for sure. Yeah, I would expect I think... Keenan Allen to be back tomorrow. Mike Williams did end up playing last week, so should be too relatively healthy. Teams playing tomorrow in a very, very big game, but make sure you're keeping an eye on your Thursday night players. Uh, if you do need to pivot away from someone like Eckler, let's say he doesn't play, maybe you're lucky enough to have Michael Carter, who was doing outstanding up until leaving with his recent injury. Looks like he'll be back and ready to go on Sunday. That is, I'm sure, great news for people who have stashed him and held on to him leading into playoffs this week. Um, couple other DNPs for you. McLaurin still not practicing on Wednesday. It was a rough rough outing there not on the field for very long on Sunday and Darren Waller still not practicing as of Wednesday either so signs are not looking great for either mm -hmm. of those two options be very very weary of everything going on in Washington at the moment that does kind of strike me as a team that's starting to kind of fall apart um yeah. I don't think Curtis Samuel was involved in practice this week nope. either obviously no. they've already lost Logan Thomas it just seems like everything is coming apart at the seams if you happen to be in the market for a defense, like do yourself some service and go check and see if the Eagles are available to grab. They should have a very favorable home matchup against Washington and some easy games coming on in week 16 and 17 that they could exploit as well. And then before we get off injury news, while we're talking about the Eagles, Jalen Hurts trending towards coming back, right? Yep. He's been so, uh, taking reps and sharing time with Minshew at practice, but I think that's just in case something flares up with Hurts that Minshew's ready to go. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's a shame on my end. I feel so much more comfortable playing Goddard when Minshew's in. Oh, me too. Those two yeah. had something going in week 13. It just He's just a more traditional passer. I feel like I know what I'm going to get out of the offense. Hertz yeah. can go out and have himself a 30-point day where no one else on the team hits double digits, and that's brutal in the playoff season that we're in. So I good luck to everybody who's got those sort of players. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hit a longer version of Square Scare Prayer here and go through some players that we like, dislike, do a quick reset for everybody. If someone is a square, that means they're a person you would normally play each week. They have a tough matchup this week. Tony and I are going to recommend you go ahead and play them anyway, despite the matchup. If it's a scare, it's someone you would normally play week in, week out, and we're going to go the other way. We're going to recommend that it's a difficult matchup and you get them out of your lineup. If it's a prayer, it's someone who's maybe more on your flex bubble then we're going to try and find a way to work them into the lineup for this week. So let's start right there on this Thursday game that we've been going over. Kansas City, Los Angeles, who sticks out to you on either side of the ball? Um, Kelsey, because I'm playing against him in the first round of playoffs. Um, <laughs> it's just As a square or a scare? Uh, square. It's just bound to happen. He hasn't really had amazing weeks, I think, the past two weeks and like, of course, when, like, you know, it is fantasy playoffs, that's the kind of story that's just going to follow up with this week is that Kelsey was, like, just an absolute game changer for people's rosters, and it, there's going to be a lot of upsets because of it and this and that. Kelsey's the square play for me. Um, I think I'm comfortable playing almost every offensive piece in this game, minus, like, 
I would agree with that. Maybe Hardman is probably the only person I'd be uncomfortable. I was going to say I don't think I'm reaching for anybody outside of the norm. Yeah, Kelsey's a really good pick out there because he has had a rough couple of weeks. We all tend to be prisoners of the moment, and one of my worst fears is that you overthink it and you take Kelsey out exactly. for this week when maybe you ought not do that. For what it's worth, when they played in week three, Kelsey had monster numbers. He had about a 20-point full PPR day, and I think closer to 16, 17 half PPR points when they uh, had their first week three matchup. He also was going up against defense in the Chargers that has not been great against the tight end this year. Yeah. So the history is there. The matchup is exploitable. This is definitely a situation where I would kind of figure that on a short week traveling to California Thursday sort of game, the Chiefs are going to try and do what they're good at, which is give the ball to Kelsey and give the ball to Tyree Kill. I would feel just as comfortable, like you said, the Ecklers, Allens, Mike Williamses of the world. I'd feel good about all of them. I'm just not going to reach into the bucket and try and pull out Josh Gordon because he happened to score a touchdown last week. I'm not going to pull out Hardman for a prayer. Like, I'm going to stick to the bread and butter of this game, yeah. and that's probably the way to handle it. Um, 4.30 on Saturday, we'll see who's able to suit up, but the Raiders will be at First Energy Stadium to take on the Browns. Anybody in particular stick out to you here? I think we can just kind of call Hunter Renfro a set-and-forget-it yeah. square sort of option. This week, Cleveland does have a fairly decent defense. How do, how do you feel about Josh Jacobs? How do you feel about anybody that might be healthy enough to play for the Browns? The only person outside of Renfro I'm comfortable in this game is Chubb. And here's why, because I kind of see without Stefanski, I think it kind of benefits Chubb because Stefanski's kind of been swaying away from Chubb recently, it, felt, it feels like. So I, I could see the replacement coach just – without tight ends and other healthy pieces, just putting like seven linemen on the field with like Andy Janovich and the, the fullback in the backfield and just yeah, just running down the Raiders' throats. Like do what you have available and do it really well. It's kind of – I like that call. Spicy. I think you're like, right. You know, like go – if you, if I'm a head coach taking – or assistant coach taking over, I want to do the best I can and not screw this up. So what do I do? Stick with the one thing we have available and it's our run game. I'm kind of hoping, like, it just seems like it makes sense, too. Like, I don't know. It does. No, I think you're definitely right that they're going to stick with the bread and butter that got them there for this matchup, especially because even without a lot of those pieces, they should still be able to win this game, yeah. in my eyes. And to do that is just a whole bunch of, of chub and then whatever happens to come after. So I hope that is what we see. Uh, later that evening, 8-15, we're going to have New England going up against Indianapolis. That's on the road in the Dome, so no weather concerns at Lucas Oil. But there are some interesting pieces and parts of this. Uh, it doesn't matter how good any defense is, even the Patriots' defense. No one should realistically be thinking about sitting Jonathan Taylor. He's always going to be in your lineup at this point. But the Colts post a pretty good defense themselves. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about playing Damian Harris, for example? Um, Damian Harris, I think, is actually one of my start running backs of the week. And I think that's – the matchup's tough. But yeah, the, the Patriots have such an efficient offense. A run game is in an efficient offense is something you want to have a player in. He's going to get – assuming he's healthy, because I know he has that quad injury that he's yeah, recovering right. from. Assuming he's healthy, I don't see why he doesn't get, like, 15 to 18 carries. And in an efficient offense, you're going to see at least, like, 70 to 80 yards and a touchdown minimum. I mean, that's all banking on the offense clicking and them doing their thing, but I'm comfortable mm -hmm. I'm comfortable playing Harris 
under the impression that that's going to happen. I'd be with that too. Anybody on the Indianapolis pass catching yeah, side think, of the ball that you're going all in on? Yeah, Pittman Jr. Mainly because I think like despite them having a good secondary, the, the Patriots, I, it's going to be one of those games that's just exciting and it's good football. Like the Colts are playing really good football. And when you play another team that's playing really good football, like that's just must-see football on national television. And so because of that, I, I'm thinking Pittman is one of the guys that benefits from this game. Like I could see a deep shot touchdown. Like he's got to be feeling himself. And I think he hasn't felt himself the past few weeks, but I think that ch- that changes this evening, this Saturday night. Let's do Carolina on the road at Buffalo. One o'clock game. Uh, obviously, we feel good about Josh Allen. There's a bunch of interesting facets to look at at this game. I'll say this. I'm probably checking the weather. And if it's not the greatest weather, like I don't need it to be 50 mile an hour wind gusts like we saw when they played New England recently. But if it's not the greatest weather, I might be throwing DJ Moore on the scare list for this week. It's an offense that's in flux. It's a team that's reaching the end of their rope on the season. I don't know how high his ceiling is. I'm sure if we're talking half PPR, you're bound to get eight to 10 points out of DJ Moore. But I don't know that he has a great opportunity to make it a much higher result i'll go ahead and go just straight up dj more scared to play it safe if i have some other available options i'd probably look to him if i could for example aj green looks like he's fitting in really well with the arizona offense since they've come back and gotten healthy that's a matchup in the drome in detroit that we're going to talk about next where i could see someone playing aj green to more effect than they would have dj Moore. brandon cooks is going to be on the road against jacksonville and even with davis mills has just been able to kind of put up numbers in any circumstances there are some receiving options that might be more valuable than dj Moore for this week um on the other side of the ball just the same thing we talk about every week It's Beasley, it's Sanders, it's Diggs, it's Davis, it's Knox. There's just so many different pieces there. Anybody who you think is worth a prayer or worth a scare? Uh, Dawson Knox is going to be a scare for me. And that's kind kind of contingent on weather. Because in that bad weather game up against New England two weeks ago, he only had two receptions for 14 yards and like, if we get similar weather, who's to say that doesn't get repeated? Like, he's good, but, like, if the offensive game's not going in the right direction for them, he's not going to produce points. And that's why I'm kind of yeah. scared about it. Arizona on the road at Detroit. Anything that jumps out to you? I mean, it's interesting because we don't know for sure about James Conner. Obviously, if James Conner's healthy, it's a smash play. Yeah. Arizona has no DeAndre Hopkins. Does that make you feel really good about playing someone like A.J. Green in a – favorable matchup like aj green would be a great play this week but i think a terrible play like weeks following that yeah Mainly, in I just, general right yeah because like i feel like he'll have the benefit this week of other the opposing team not knowing what the team is going to do tendency wise without hopkins but if aj green does get peppered with targets the next team's going to be like okay we have to give him more of the attention because we saw what they were doing and so if, now if we it, don't go ahead. We don't know for sure about DeAndre Swift. We do expect Ball Williams. Yeah. We'll be back for this game. So there'll be some options no matter what on the running side, on the running game for Detroit that hasn't been there previously. Well, the running game has been in flux. We have seen what we were kind of hoping for, which is the emergence of St. Brown as a viable receiver in that offense. 
this will by far be the most difficult defensive matchup that he's faced since he has really started to emerge. Scare or prayer? Where are we going with St. Brown? Prayer. Because I think he, we've seen, like you said, he's the kind of guy that can put up that 19-point week clearly from just like yards and receptions because they don't score all that often. But he is playing a tougher defense, like you said. So for me, he's a prayer. Yeah. Is there anybody in the Jets and Dolphins game down here at Hard Rock Stadium that you don't want to play? Yeah. Uh, whatever running back is the behind Tua, I, I think right now we're down to like Duke Johnson and Jared Dokes. I, maybe Malcolm Brown will come back, but like disgusting. No, thank you. Don't put any of them in your lineup whatsoever. Personally, Tua could throw 45 passes this week. That's what I think might happen. They'll just be like, screw it. We're going to leave the running back in there to block. Just get an extra blocker, and we'll do these seven-yard routes. Just move the ball and score. Like, that's what I'm hoping. Like, don't try and outthink, overdo this, and try and incorporate a run game. Just just throw it on them. Just do it. <laughs> I think that's officially going to put Tua into our prayer list. For yeah, he's got to be. If you got the ability to stream him, Go ahead and go for it because we'd expect him to put up a ton. Um, oh boy, that's rough, man. Like I, I get where you're coming from. I don't know that I wouldn't still subscribe to something. It's the Jets are just so bad against every team's running back. Nobody fails to put up points on them. Like I don't know that I wouldn't want to roll that dice. It's not premier option. Who would it be? But if you're really, if you're really, really struggling. I mean, any running back off the street who puts on a Dolphins uniform ought to be able to score some points against the Jets on Sunday. Okay, but between they're historically Duke, bad. Between Duke Johnson and uh, Malcolm Brown, if he's healthy, who would you play? Like, you're telling it does me, worry me. It does worry me that if they're all healthy, maybe get myself back in camera. It it does worry me that if they're all healthy, they'll just negate each other. Yeah, all of them having five carries for forty yards won't do it for anyone. No, but if there's some sort of indication that Malcolm Brown's going to be the lead back or that he's going to get 15 touches, for example, from the coaching staff, if anything like that said, I might saddle that up. I got some. I can't you. say I wouldn't be slightly in for that. All right. I'd literally rather start Royce Freeman this week than any Dolphins running back. Royce Freeman's hot this week. That's what I'm saying is like he's such a better option and probably nobody's touching him in your leagues. I don't know why. Royce Freeman has just been all over the waiver wire, and I couldn't be more out on that. I'll just go Royce Freeman scare. I'm done over with with that narrative. But we'll see. It's interesting, man. It's just it's rough because it's such an exploitable matchup. It's everything that you would want for the Dolphins, who are playing well. They, it's still relevant for them to win games. They've got the easiest defense they could possibly have, and it's just there's few pieces there that you want to actually play and feel good about, which is not what you want in the playoffs. So I get it. I respect where you're coming from. I obviously um, hope you're right, but like... Yeah, yeah, of course it's right. For, for fantasy, I don't love it. I do not love it. Dallas at the Giants. I'm playing all my Cowboys. Every single To the one. point that I'll, I'll go Pollard and Gallup prayer. Yeah. I'm sure no one is worried about Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Zeke Elliott and all that, right? But I'll, I'll go ahead and go as far as saying I think the Cowboys should be able to put up enough points that I would be willing to take a shot on Gallup and be willing to take a shot on Pollard for this game in particular. Uh, that Dallas defense is looking really, really good recently. Is it enough to scare you off of 
Saquon Barkley? Or does the fact that he had a real solid week last week, is that, a, have you seen enough now, right? Like we've been waiting all season. He had a good week last week. Does that mean you're now fully bought in or are you still scared? What did he have last week? I got to see what he had before I comment on this. He had. Well, he had this was f- against the Chargers last week, right? Yeah, yeah. He had 15 and a half standard. So 18, he had 18 and a half people. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Close to 20 on the week. I don't think it's a scare, but I don't think it's a square. So does that mean it's a prayer? No, it just kind of means he exists in the middle. Okay, then I'm fine. fine. I'm fine with saying that. that Yeah, I'm fine with saying that. We feel a way, but not strongly enough to to recommend it one way or another. Like, hey, sometimes it's going to be like that. Um, Hey, I'll take a definitive stance on this one. Washington on the road in Philadelphia. We've already kind of been down this road a little bit earlier in the show, but Gonna go scare on pretty much everything happening for Washington. If yeah. you even if you're in a two quarterback league and you have Heineke, good lord, go try and find something else. Yeah. Go honest. I I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Ooh, boy, I don't I don't know that I wouldn't take a shot at a 18 out of 22 sort of day from Case Keenum that happens to have a, a touchdown more so than playing Heineke. I agree. At this point, at this point, I kind of feel like he's going into this game with what well, we we're not even sure if JD McKissick's going to be come is going to be back. So he's already lost an outlet to throw to there. There's no Logan Thomas. There's probably no Terry McLaurin. There's no Curtis Samuel. Like I don't know what that offense is going to do, and the Eagles are probably going to eat him alive. Um, on the I other agree. side of the ball, Washington defense is starting to be, play a little bit better. How do you feel about those pieces? Mm-hmm. We we saddling up Goddard for a prayer this week. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that. I would also say Washington's defense could be a prayer as well. I know we don't talk defense all that. Yeah, often, that's a good but... one. I, but it's true. They they haven't scored quite enough points on the season that you might not see them sitting out there on your waiver wire. So that is a viable option to go after Washington's defense. Um, almost regardless of who the quarterback is. This one I think is real interesting. Tennessee is going to go on the road to Pittsburgh. Not sure what the weather is going to be like at Heinz Field. We feel good about Deontay Johnson. We feel good about Najee Harris. I don't know if we're going to see A.J. Brown, but we assume not. Been very underwhelmed by Julio. No one else like, to see is catching passes. I actually like Julio this week. The fact that you take he, him for a prayer. I mean, look, we saw we know he's old, but like he made it through a game. He made it through a game without getting injured. He was just coming off rest. So if he hit, he is healthy. <sighs> And he can play, like, you know, really good football because he's still capable of that. Think about it. Look what Justin Jefferson did. He absolutely destroyed the Steelers' secondary. If Julio can do half of that, that's a good game for him. Is this is where we're at now, that we're praising Julio Jones for making it through a game from start yes. to finish? Yes. I'm sorry. We're here, we're there, and we got to talk about it. <laughs> we're comparing him to half of Justin Jefferson? Uh, that's going to make me out. If, like, if we're hitting that point, we're like, my God. Did you see Julio Jones? He took a snap in all four quarters. Like, that probably means that we should be putting him out to pasture at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, I got an interesting one for you because I can't make my mind up about this, and I'm looking at it for a couple of different teams. What in the hell are we doing with Chase Claypool? Do the Steelers hate him? Is he in the doghouse? Is he in the doghouse, but he's still going to be productive? Like, where do I go with this? Tennessee is not the easiest of matchups. They've had a good defense throughout the year. 
part of the reason that they've lost Eric Henry and stayed relevant is because they have been underrated on the defensive side of the ball. Every once in a while, Roethlisberger goes out for a game and he can't throw the ball 10 yards downfield. You never know what you're going to get. And I'm having a hard time deciding how I feel about Claypool this week. What? Give me something. Am I sitting him or playing him? I'm, I don't know if this is bold or not, but I'm just going to say he has a 10-point ceiling for the rest of the year. Oof, that is bold and disheartening. Like, it's just the offense is bad. He's yeah. struggling. Like, he's not scoring. Like, half of his oh, – no, no, I'm not going to say half. I feel like a lot of his points from last year were touchdowns and red zone touchdowns. Where yeah, are sure. Not, definitely... Where are they not at very often? The red zone. Like, he, yeah. he is losing that aspect of his game, and it's no fault of – but the Steelers. Like, their offense sucks. Right, They're not getting in the end zone. I, it's just like, unless he's getting peppered with targets, he has obviously higher than a 10-point ceiling, but their offense stinks. Like, I'm not comfortable sure. playing more than Deontay Johnson and Najee. So, Houston, on the road to Jacksonville, that's the last of the 1 o'clock games. Uh, I am not bold enough to say square on James Robinson. Nope. I don't know if I want to go as far as a scare, because I like the matchup that he has, but yeah, I, if you have him, I get it. He's a I player. You drafted him. You drafted him high, and you don't want to have to sit him during the playoffs. But you might want to evaluate Look, very, very hard what your options are before playing James Robinson. You're literally praying that Urban gives him touches. Mm-hmm. Like he's the definition of a prayer play. <laughs> he is. I've acquired some Carlos Hyde to leave on my bench just in case things go really, really south, yeah. and it's necessary as well. Uh, for me, this is very much about the receiving game for these two teams. I think we've hit a point of the year where Trevor Lawrence has seen a lot and I get it right. Like the prevailing thought right now is of all the rookies that we've seen, he's the one who's had the most trouble adjusting to the speed of the league. And that's not what we thought we were going to see from him, but here's here. That's what we've seen on the other side, Davis Mills, he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. I truthfully do not think that either of these teams are good enough to separate from the other. And I don't think that either of these teams have defenses that are as good as what these other quarterbacks have seen. Both Mills and Lawrence should see a easier look when they're reading defenses than they have been for almost all of the other games they played this season. That makes me feel good about Marvin Jones, makes me feel good about Brandon Cooks. There should be touches for those guys in this game. And they do seem to me from other people's teams that I've looked at from my own teams cooks and Marvin Jones are like the two poster child for the guy who you want to put him in your flex position, but he's always the last guy you put out of your team each week. I think I'm looking for ways to play them this week. Cause I expect them to be good in these matchups. I'll go prayer for both Marvin Jones and Brandon cooks for this one. Yeah, like uh, four o'clock games since he on the road in Denver and what I'm kind of viewing is almost like an elimination game. Whichever one of these two teams can't beat the other is probably staring down the barrel of not making the playoffs and having an early end to the season. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, there's no reason to sit Joe Mixon. There's no reason to sit Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. If Gordon's healthy, you're going to play him. Javante Williams, we're just kind of playing at every point. Javante Williams is a dude who we've talked about as a prayer in various segments previously. Are you starting to view him more as a square than a prayer? Who's that? Who? Javante. Oh, that's tough. I've gone kind of square on him. The I, I want to go square because, like, he's produced two weeks in a row. But also the 
Broncos have been playing offensively rather well, and we've seen them go stints of like terrible offense. So if it does kind of tend trend to playing well in the run game. Well, yes, Judy and yes, Sutton yes. have been useless. No, no, like they're they're finding offense through the run game, and for some reason it's Fangio, dude. Like he yeah. could totally just be like, "Oh, let's throw forty five passes tonight." What are you doing? Why? So that that's the only reason I'm kind of weary about Javante as a square, but I'm loving it because I traded for him in multiple redraft leagues. <laughs> and there you go. Uh, for me too, I. I'll go Judy and Sutton as scares. I mean, most people, I think, have had Sutton on the bench for a little while now, but I, even I've been trying to, to play Judy where applicable. I think I'm out on it. I have visions of Cincinnati just picking off everything that Roethlisberger was throwing a couple weeks ago when they yeah. just destroyed the Steelers. I, I don't – listen, they're not comps of each other, so I don't want people to get that idea that that's the argument that I'm making. But if we're talking about – arm strength and what you can do as a quarterback, I really don't think Roethlisberger and Bridgewater are that far off from each other. They can't get a good deep ball out. Like sometimes the timing is not what you want to see. Like I could see the Cincinnati defense having a similar game against Bridgewater to what they had against Roethlisberger. And that's bad for Bridgewater. And it's real bad for guys like Judy and for Fant. Honestly, I'll probably go scare on all the Denver pass catchers. Hopefully that's not too bold, but we'll see. Um, Atlanta will be in San Francisco. Anybody square scare prayer for you in this one? If Elijah Mitchell's healthy, he's a square. That guy's just been Hell yeah. absolutely balling out this year. For um, real. Jordan if he's Kittle. not healthy, oh, for sure square. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody's thinking about sitting Kittle at this point. No. I'll, I'll introduce to the conversation if he's not healthy. I don't, Mitchell didn't practice again today, so we still don't know what's going on with him. Uh, but if he doesn't come back, I'd probably even go as far as – I'd probably go Jeff Wilson prayer Yeah. in this game too just because I think they should have plenty of opportunity to run the ball against Atlanta, mm-hmm. and he can do it effectively enough. It's just – is he going to score? Is he going to get a red zone carry and give you the touchdown? I don't know, but I'm hoping he catches enough passes and maybe gets one in. Yeah. Atlanta side of the ball, man, you got anything? Like, sure, play Coral Patterson, bench everyone after. Uh, I think Pitts could see some work. I don't. I think Fred Warner for the 49ers is banged up, so like that could benefit Pitts this week. Could um, open it up a little. Plus, if they shut down Russell Gage, then the next guy to get receptions, I guess, other than Cordell, but yeah, would be Kyle Pitts. And I think he had a solid week last week. Not, I don't think he scored a touchdown, but it, I thought I saw double digits. So. If he can get a touchdown in there, that's a solid 17-point week in a full PPR league. Okay. Uh, next up, Seattle at the Rams. Let's. There's a lot to dissect here, so let's start. Let's start with Seattle. Okay. I'm very, very firmly Rashad Penny scare. Am I on an island on that one? Are you like? No, that? we are clinking coconuts on that island, brother. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I'm alone on that, so it's nice to to run into you here because we did not plan any of this before recording the show. I know. Uh, I feel like everyone is just all over Rashad Penny, and I've just been screaming for the past 48 hours. Like we have seen this story. Yeah, so exactly. Previously, oh. I'm not doing it again. Why do people do I, this to themselves? Why do they because, do it? Because because oh. they need it. 
because it's an important playoff game and you feel good about it. And then oh. next thing you know, he's got 10 carries for 21 yards and he doesn't catch a pass. Like, I'm just, I'm not going down that road. Do me a uh, favor. But, if Rashad Benny is on your team, do not play him this week. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you went ASMR with that just to get real deep with it. All right. That one, that heavily threw me off. Uh, all right. Lockett and Metcalf. Two different worlds here. Metcalf hasn't had a good game in a month, it feels like. Lockett just had I mean he just had the most locket of games. Yep. He he locketed for yep. that's just needs to be the terminology we use. <laughs> it this one's interesting to me because I see I see people on both sides. Again, like friends, colleagues, people that I know in the community just not knowing what to do with Lockett because it's a yeah. tough matchup, but he went off last week. I see people actively trying to figure out, like, am I taking DK Metcalf out of my lineup? He's been bad for a few weeks, and the Rams are not an easy matchup. Do I get rid of him? I, I think in a playoff game, it's tough. It is tough to sit Metcalf or Lockett on your bench. Are you bold enough to sit either of those guys? No. And if anyone that listening either. to this is – Please send me a screenshot when your matchup starts because I want to see what decisions you made to want to bench one of those two guys. Like, do I understand how frustrated you are? Yes, but you cannot yes. sit those guys. <laughs> Listen, at one point, man, I was running away with the JWB subscriber league. It was me and Tyler FF and no one else. And I've fallen all the way back to where I'm a third seed in a tightly contested matchup that I'll probably lose to Wyatt. Mm. And I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna go down with Metcalf in the lineup. Got to. I can't put. I can't put him on my bench, knowing that the replacement player that I'm putting in for him is Darnell Mooney, mm. who has a decent matchup against the Vikings. Yeah. And when he works, he can stack up the receptions and do mm. really well. Maybe it's a little bit different for me because I don't have as deep a wide receiver core as I wish I did. There are probably teams out there that have receivers better than Mooney that they would be putting in if they were going to bench a guy like Metcalf. I'm with Tony here. If you make that decision that you're going to take him out, we'd love to see, like, who is it? Like, who got you? Yeah. Like, Comment was it a Brandon Cooks, for example? Did you decide, like, I'm going to take Brandon Cooks on Jacksonville and I'm going to get Metcalf out of my lineup? I would love to see someone with the balls to make that kind of move on a playoff week and have it pay off. It'd be very interesting to see. Um other side, of I will Venmo someone five dollars if they do that <laughs> and win and win. It has to be effective. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're not going to send everybody five dollars just because you tanked your playoff matchup to put <laughs> Metcalf on your bench and send us a screenshot. But I still oh love it. Um, all right, the Rams. Who on the Rams doesn't have COVID? So Cooper Cup is playing. Sonny Michelle, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford. Daryl Henderson probably comes back for this game. I haven't seen anything positive about him yet, but I feel like he's inevitable because, like, he was super close to play Sunday. And didn't, yeah. No OBJ. He's got a chance to play, but where we sit here on Wednesday night, we expect to see no OBJ. Yeah. Um, oh, man, if that's true, if we're going to go no OBJ, I could not get Van Jefferson in my lineup faster. Yep. I'm going to go hardcore Van Jefferson prayer against Seattle if OBJ is out of the lineup. Uh, he's still seen very quietly 
very quietly, but I have a bet on it here at work, so I monitor it every single week. Van Jefferson has 27 targets to OBJ's 25 since OBJ became a member of the Rams. He also has 246 yards to OBJ's 204. Yeah, I get it. Like, OBJ had seven targets last week. Van Jefferson had three, and if he doesn't catch the long touchdown, it's not a good day for Van Jefferson. But he is the truth, and Seattle is bad at football. I'm hard, hardcore, hardcore getting Van Jefferson in the lineup if I can. Um, I wouldn't play him over Metcalf. Just saying. I honestly, I, I was thinking that in my head when you said it, like thinking I, I would, I would too. I would too. Like he's a guy I couldn't afford to take out of the lineup. He could very well see multiple touchdowns. Yes. On Sunday, if OBJ is not on the field. Um, and then I'll just throw this two cents in before we move on to Green Bay at Baltimore. Uh, but I'm good with either running back. I would go square. Daryl Henderson, and if he still isn't active, I'll go prayer Sony Michelle. They, either of them should be able to stack up points against Seattle for you, so view them as viable plays. Um, now, Green Bay at Baltimore. Hold on. I will say I want to check Sony Michelle's week last week. If it Sony wasn't Michelle, really. It's, if Sony, it was still 20 carries for 79 yards. That guy yeah. is getting fed the ball. He'll be a square for me if Henderson is out. I'm with it. I'm with it. Even better than a prayer. We'll fire up the Rams running game. Because, look, uh, if you got a touchdown last week, it's just under 16 points. That's a yeah. solid running back play. Like, you can't be mad about that. He just missed out uh, on the touchdown. I see that, too. Green Bay, Baltimore. Interesting scenario here. There's not a lot of square scare prayer coverage in this game, if I'm being honest. You're yeah. going to play Aaron Jones. You're going to play Aaron Rodgers. If he's healthy, you're going to play Lamar Jackson. Marquise Brown's going to be in your lineup. Uh, as far as scares go, I get that many of you have had and have been pleasantly surprised with what you've got from Devontae Freeman. I'm not firing up against the Packers defense. The Packers defense is underrated good, really good. Like one of the better defenses in the league good. It's just we don't think of Green Bay that way. But they have been really good this year. I'm not yeah. excited to play anybody against them. What about um, A.J. Dillon? That was going to be my question to you, actually. So – I guess I'll answer a little bit and lob back to you. I, for example, like I'll, I'll put it like this. I have a team where I currently have Pollard in my lineup and A.J. Dillon on the bench. And that mm -hmm. was after some deliberation on which one of these handcuffs I want to play. I'm committed to the two of them. I'm going to have to choose one of the two because yeah. of injuries and some other things that I have going on. I'm going Pollard against the Giants. I am not playing Dillon against Baltimore. I agree. I would do the same thing. Not that there's much wrong with Dylan. Assuming Dylan have a perfectly fine game. It's just I feel yeah. like it's a little bit less about Dylan and more about what I saw from Aaron Jones last week. Yeah. Because Aaron Jones kind of suggested to me, like, hey, I'm back to normal. Right. And that what if Pollard's nice. not healthy? What if Pollard goes in as, like, doubtful and then all of a sudden questionable? Even if he was questionable, I might go back to it just because the floor on Dylan's there. Yeah. The floor on Dylan is there. If you if you look at your matchup and you go, I just don't want to take a zero here. If I get six to eight points out of this second running back spot, I've done my job. I yeah. get why you would want to play Dylan. It just I'm going the other way because I think Pollard's going to have a better game in a world where he's healthy and he plays. Um, other side of the ball, let me throw in as well. I don't think he's quite good enough to call a scare. So maybe I'll just say people would have him in prayer consideration and I do not. Rashad Bateman finally had a really good game mm. last week. I don't foresee that happening again this week. No. 
I think it was more of an anomaly that he had a good game last week. He's going to be a great player for years. Like, yeah. please, Lord, get out in your dynasty leagues and get Rashad Bateman because he is amazing. But I think Green Bay is going to be able to handle him this week. I feel good about Hollywood Brown, almost regardless of quarterback, but I'm a little bit more nervous about Bateman. Um, phew, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Obviously, everybody's playing Kamara. Do you have a pass-catching member of the Saints offense you would ever think about playing? No. Not yet. Yeah. Any pass-catching members of the Buccaneers offense you would be taking out? Godwin's a go. Evans is a go. Gronk is a go. It would be Brashad Perriman, if anybody. And, like, he had that big week, but it was one catch. I was going to say that's a good point. I have actually seen Brashad Perriman – towards the top of the like recent transaction list yeah in some leagues that i've been and i have thought to myself like who's falling for that so don't fall for that <laughs> if that's you it's, yeah uh, stick to the bread and butter don't go too crazy with anything else and then one last game before we get y'all out of here and ready for the playoffs minnesota at chicago now in a world where there's no adam Thielen, we feeling good about kj osborne Oh, hell yeah, dude. He did real right. well last week. That guy's All right. very much involved in their passing game when he gets the opportunity. Well, and here's your million-dollar question. Thielen does come back. How do we feel about K.J. Osborne? Much less. His ceiling automatically oh. comes down. It's it's rough because we're it not going to know. It's Monday night. It's Monday night, and that's I guess that's the thing that's worth stressing here for everybody else who's listening. Like, I would love to play K.J. Osborne this week, but I don't – I don't know what you do unless you own Thielen and Osborne, but who the hell is in that position where you just happen to have nobody handcuffs wide receivers? Yeah, right, right. And it's you almost have to because Osborne is most likely useless. Yeah. If Thielen plays, and you're not gonna find out when these games are occurring on Sunday if Thielen's playing on Monday night or not. So good luck if you got that decision to make. On the other side of the ball. Mooney, I'm sure everybody's yeah. comfortable playing Montgomery. I, I would say Mo- Mooney to me is more of a prayer guy. Yeah, it's not a week in week out that you expect him to go, but I would take him for a good game this week. I would say I'd be happy to do it. Uh, so we'll go prayer on Darnell Mooney, square on David Montgomery. It hasn't been the most impressive season from David Montgomery. Certainly not the one that we were hoping for preseason, but I'd expect him to do well in this particular matchup. Yeah. What else? What any? What's your major playoff advice to everybody? As one final takeaway before we get out of here, trust your gut. If you trust your gut, if you've got like a decision like me, where you've got Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney, and um, one second, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) who's the third guy? I forget who the third guy is. Quick roster oh, and Sonia Michelle, when if Henderson becomes inactive, do the smart thing and play Michelle. Don't be like me when you're going to be stupid and bench him. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think it's look at who you're playing. There's a reason why the playoffs are head to head matchups. Know your opponent. What do their matchups look like? ask yourself, what is this team's ceiling? What is this team's floor? 
what do I need to do to beat them on most weeks? Do they have a quarterback where I'm sitting on some receivers that could cut away at how much damage that quarterback does to me? Ask yourself the difficult questions that you might not do on a regular week-to-week basis. I think most of us go out and we look at our own teams and then by the time we've kicked off at one o'clock on Sunday, we go, well, who am I up against? And what's the score? And how am I doing? And did, yeah. I, did I bench the right players or wrong players? The playoffs are an important time. Take a moment to look at who you're up against. Ask yourself difficult, difficult questions about, am I coming from behind? Do I need to play players with a larger ceiling to go for a bomb? Do I need to be safer at my running back two position? Do I need to be safer at my flex position just to make sure that I give myself a floor? Because I ought win this matchup. And if the floor looks good, I'll be able to get ahead. Think ahead. Do what you got to do. Plan ahead. Go win your matchups. There's nothing that Tony and I want more than to see each and every one of you back here for week 16 of crushing the competition where you're in the finals or the semifinals and we can all move forward together. So on behalf of JWB Fantasy Football, go out, win your playoffs. We're rooting for you. You know where to find us, jwbfantasyfootball.com. I'm on Twitter at jwill underscore ff. Tony at It's Just Fantasy. We love you all. Good luck. Have a great week. Deuces.